Welcome to Squared Circle Pit. Today's special guest, Darby Allen. And now, here is your host, Rob Paspani. Welcome to another awesome edition of Squared Circle Pit. It's Rob. Thank you, as always, for listening. Of course, you can listen to all of our back episodes at metalinjection.net slash Squared Circle Pit or wherever fine podcasts are downloaded. Previous guests include Jimmy Havoc. They include Avatars, Johannes Erkstrom. I had Kenny Omega on the show. Eric Bischoff, El Phantasmo from New Japan. I've had Eric Bugenheim, Rick Boogs from NXT, Rowan. I've had uh, Viceland's Dark Side of the Ring creator, Evan Husney. Chris Jericho has been on multiple episodes. Mick Foley, Raven, CM Punk, Nita Strauss, Zach Wilde, Bubba Ray Dudley. The list goes on. Check out all previous 50 episodes of Squared Circle Pit at metalinjection.net slash Squared Circle Pit. Of course, you can follow us on Twitter. The handle is Squared Circle Pit with no E in circle. And we're on Facebook as well. Today's guest is Darby Allen. He's one of the breakout stars in AEW Dynamite. And he's just kicking ass, and he's definitely got the metal, or I should say punk rock, wrestling crossover thing going. Of course, uh, his name is a combination of the singer of The Germs and Gigi Allen. And uh, I talked to him about some of his favorite punk bands, bands that he thinks fans should check out nowadays, and how it's been working with the likes of Chris Jericho and... Sammy Guevara and his big match this coming Saturday at AEW Revolution. So I don't want to take up too much time. I want to get to my interview with Darby. And then right after the interview, stick around where I give some thoughts and predictions on what I think is going to happen at AEW Revolution this weekend. Now entering the squared circle pit, one of the, the hottest stars in all elite wrestling right now, Darby Allen. Thank you so much for taking some time to do this. How are you feeling after that massive pop last week? <laughs> I don't know. It was uh, crazy. I wasn't expecting that for sure. I just think validation for all my hard work. So I felt uh, rewarded. That's the word. Yeah, no, I, I believe it. And it's been really cool to see how, you know, uh, I, I've seen you work on the indies in the last few years, seeing you in Evolve and a few other places and like PWG tapes. And just seeing like the national wrestling audience kind of discover you and and get into what you're about has been really cool like when you see those kids wearing you know the darby face paint in the crowd like what goes through your mind like i said earlier validation i knew i had what it took to connect to people if i was given the ball and that's all i ever needed was the ball and now that once i got it I proved it to everybody that i could connect with anyone kids mm -hmm. women men it's good I remember being that age when I was young and little and um, looking up to some, like you looking up to people and stuff like that. So it's cool to be in those shoes. Did you watch wrestling as a kid? How did you get into pro wrestling? I can't remember what age I started watching wrestling, but I remember like, I definitely remember watching it as a kid for sure. Did you get into wrestling first or obviously you're a big punk guy, big music guy, uh, which caught your attention first? Probably wrestling. A little bit because it's hard for me. Like it's been hard to like really bit be into like punk rock, punk rock. I was like five years old, so it was definitely wrestling that uh, <laughs> got my attention first. Because that would be fucking weird if I was like 
wearing a craft shirt when I was five. Yeah, like getting into Gigi Allen at five, probably not the best bet. <laughs> <laughs> I was shitting my pants at five. Yeah, I guess I guess that aspect of the character <laughs> was there. So who got you into music? Who who exposed you to like the underground stuff and around what age were you into it? Just from skate culture and stuff like that. I'd be skating around the city in Seattle and then you'd see um flyers on my book poles and stuff like that. And I remember seeing Circle Jerks. That was like my first ever concert. So uh shit, I must have been in like seventh grade or something like that. So uh I'd just say uh, skating around Seattle around interesting people do you have any like vivid memories from that first show of just like yes i belong here you know like that's kind of how i felt when i went to my first shows yes and no i like the debauchery of the night like this guy was walking through and uh i guess his heroin needle fell out of his pocket as he's walking through security and they all tackled him and being like in seventh grade i was like what the hell is going on here i didn't even know what that needle was at the time you know until someone explained to me what it was but besides that, like the part that like drew me in was uh, just being free and like just raging in the pit and stuff like that. Yeah, there's nothing else like it. Element of danger that kind of drew me to it. And and like, what are some of the bands that are like your bands? Like either stuff you're listening to now or just stuff that you'll always have a connection with that'll always be in rotation. I'd say a lot of the anarcho punk stuff from like Crash Records and all that stuff. I really. I like that's like my favorite type of music. But outside of that, it probably be uh, dystopia. I like the cramps. I like all the all that type of music. So, but I'd say definitely my top is uh, anything to do with crash records. Cool. So like hardcore punk kind of variety. You want it like dirty yeah. and like a nice D beat. I do like uh, leftover crack. That's a good band. Mm-hmm. They've been around for quite a while. That's cool. And like, have any of these? punk bands like have you ever gotten word from like any bands that are like hey man i'm a big fan of yours and all elite wrestling where it's kind of like a reciprocal appreciation yeah there's been there's been a couple you know I, like i i've uh filmed some stuff with a uh, ghost main for some promos because uh, the bass bass player nolan stage name rake uh, he's like a fan and we ended up becoming my good friends and stuff like that so that's when we filmed the promo where i got at the concert and uh in the body bag. Oh, that's right. Yes. Stuff like that's pretty cool. And, and how did you come up with the, the body bag thing? I think that's such a unique gimmick. And I remember the match, I believe it was with Moxley uh, on AEW where you, where you brought it up. And I feel like people were so maybe confused is the word, but like in a good way, like, like what the hell is going on? It's such a, a, a unique uh, addition to pro wrestling. Yeah, I don't know. Like I said earlier in previous interviews that I've done, I never like to recycle wrestling back into wrestling. I like to take outside influences, things I loved growing up, and bring them into the world of wrestling because it sticks out so much more than just being a kid who, what you do your whole life? Oh, I'm just a fan of wrestling. It's like, then you just look generic as shit. I hear you. I mean, you're definitely doing that with the, the body bag. The skateboard. I love. I love the entrance, and and even your entrance theme. I feel it's kind of like not like other entrance themes. Who wrote that? Yeah, I think my friend uh, Wicked Face Springs Internal. He made that with me. So it was a second him. I love it. Going back a little bit to like you, you mentioned, like wrestling as a kid. Who were your guys growing up? Who were who were the ones you were a fan of? Oh man, it would. Uh, I don't know. People like Ray Mysterio, probably Jeff Hardy, a couple others. Just I don't know. So like people that looked like super alternative mm-hmm. and not, you know, 
questionnaires and steroids and <laughs> people that spoke to me as a spoke to me as a child. I hear you like the ones that kind of like stood out more. Like uh, Ray Mysterio is definitely one of my favorites as well. Just kind of, I'm assuming for the same reason as you is that he wasn't one of these beefed up dudes. He was a smaller guy and he was just doing such spectacular moves. Much like like it's a Jeff Hardy like the Hardy package for me. I was like holy shit, finally there's, like, rock dudes, like, in, in wrestling, because everyone was just, like, so straight and narrow. It was cool to see people that kind of look like dudes I went to high school with, almost. Yeah, it'd be like, he's walking through an airport, and you're like, that guy's in a band, or that guy's this. You wouldn't think wrestling, and that's what's kind of cool about it. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure there's a ton of downtime backstage at AEW. Like, who do you talk, who do you hang with? Who, who do you talk music with? Are there any other fellow punks back there? I don't know. It's hard to say. Like, I don't know. It's, I talk to a lot of people, but music-wise, mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> no, no music discussion. Pass, pass on that question. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you got obviously you got guys that love music like Havoc or Jericho, and the list goes on. But uh, mm-hmm. when it comes to like my type of music, I I don't know. You know what I mean? Maybe there's someone who would surprise me, like yo, by the way, I like that. And like, oh shit! But as of right now, I have no idea. Mm-hmm. Understood. You got you got to start exposing the, the backstage crew to to the stuff. Get ghost name blasting. <laughs> I think it would work. You know, you're working a program right now with Sammy Guevara, and I think that I'm really excited to see your match this weekend with him at AEW Revolution because I feel like you guys have a complementing style, sort of like you guys are around the same size, uh, and like you could you could do some cool stuff together. Uh, I'm sure this is something that you you've given a lot of thought to like w- what goes into the preparation of a big match like this mm, i don't know not trying to shove a million things into uh you know whether it be a 10 minute match or whatever maybe mm-hmm. going to oversaturate and i always want to stick to uh stick to the story that i set out at hand originally and not try to overcomplicate things and um tell a good story that's all that's on my mind i'm not really about the moves i'm about the story so we'll of course, there's going to be killer moves. That's like going to happen, you know, especially on pay per view. But uh, I don't want to be, you know, sometimes you get like a five minute match and some try to shove 30 minutes worth of shit in a five minute match. And then A, it might look sloppy, or B, it just might look like just can't remember what the hell happened two seconds ago. Right. I just want to be a story of me trying to rip this burn out as clear as possible and not uh, stay away from it. I think that's something where, uh, actually, I feel like you really excel. Like, I've seen you do high spots, but I wouldn't say you're a high spots wrestler. You you're de- you definitely do focus on the story, and it's something, like, uh, I think you're, you're pretty good at. Like, the match with Cody, where you're telling the story, like, you're, you know, nobody expects you to win, but you're the underdog. And, and, and with, with Moxley as well, and then in the end, you kind of gain their respect. And, and with this match... You're, you're telling a different story where you're out for revenge. And, and, and one thing that I think aided that was the video packages. Again, something you don't really see from these other wrestlers. And I feel it, it's very interesting how, I don't know if media savvy is the word, but just that you have the, I'm assuming you saw it in your head, like, I want to do this video. Like, like where did you get this cinemato- cinematography situation going? You know, where, where like, I'm assuming these are your ideas, these videos. Yeah, I went to film school. Oh, okay. Yeah. I literally filmed all those videos with my friend Max Yoder. He's just a skater from Atlanta. He films like Thrasher and, you know, he's filming a bunch of skate videos. So it's just me and him getting together and filming some shit that I, you know, want to do myself, you know, 
So, but I'd say a lot of it's just the drive that I have for a lot of film because I'm going to be directing my first full length film here in a couple of months. So, uh, just a bunch of random stuff like that. I, I had no idea you went to film school. That's really cool. Do you want to talk about like what your feature film is kind of about? Not if you don't want to give it like what kind of movie it is. It's a dark comedy. It's about a guy who's terminally ill, got about three months to live. His best friend comes up to him and is like, yo, man, I've done everything with you. What's the last thing you want to do before you die? Anything you want, I'm by your side, man. Uh, the guy who's terminally ill says, I want to go on a cross-country road trip to kill my ex-wife. So it's about that. Hmm. Okay, something you bring the whole family to. Long story short, him and his best friend are on a cross-country road trip to kill ex-wife. You know, he's terminally ill, so it's kind of dark, uh, dark comedy. Yeah, I, I could see how it's a dark comedy. <laughs> That's, again, much like your mattress, something very unique. Who were some of your, your, your film guys then? Like, who, who did you look up to and thought, like, this is kind of what I want to do? I'd say a lot of, you know, I like Todd Phillips a lot. Besides that, just a lot of people that um, maybe shot on a budget and it wasn't like super expensive just because i really like that type of a uh, style because i feel like it forces you to be more creative you can't Great. afford everything uh yeah it just it, it varies but I, I like movies that are kind of like real in the sense of they like see i don't it's not like i like the movie pink flamingos but uh that movie the stuff they were doing it was was real and it was sketchy but <laughs> you could say, I mean, I love pickle living. There's nothing, nothing wrong with eating a little shit at the end of a movie, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like it, it was, it was good. But like sometimes the story in that movie is just like, what are we watching? Like, what's that? <laughs> right. It just veers off. Just made, it was just made to shock people. For sure. So I'm assuming with the Todd Phillips line that you, you were a fan of the Joker. Uh, yeah. I like the Joker, but I really like Todd Phillips is just like all of his films pretty much. And it's, interesting that his first film that he ever made was a documentary about Gigi Allen. So I always thought that was interesting. Oh, uh, that's right. Uh, I, I always forget that. And then it comes up in like a IMDb and I'm like, that's crazy. Uh, but speaking of Gigi Allen, did you see that there was a Gigi Allen documentary that came out a year or two ago that kind of followed his family and his, his wacky brother? Yeah, of course I saw it. Yeah, I saw it. Um, <laughs> probably all in family or something like that. Right, right. Yeah, the Murder Junkies, I've seen them play like three times now. I wanted them to play at my wedding, but Merle uh, started charging me way too much. I'm like, man, come on, we agreed on this. And I'm just playing this. Yeah. <laughs> it would have been funny to have them play at my wedding. And uh, Dino, the drummer, he's, a, he's an ordained minister, so he says, I could have married you and your wife, and I could have been naked for it. And I was like, <laughs> I, was like I don't know if I want you naked for it, but... <laughs> Yeah, that, that Merle seems like quite a capitalist, which seems a little antithetical to the Gigi Allen brand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going to we're gonna uh, wind it down here, and, and I want to thank you so much for uh, taking some time to hang out here on Squared Circle Pit. I'm just curious now, you know, obviously the Sammy Guevara match is, is the, this weekend, and, and I don't think you're looking past it, but who are some guys in AEW that you're excited to, in the future, work a program with? That you think you could have some good stuff going? Well, that I haven't done already. Yeah. I'd love to get back in there with Jericho mm-hmm. and tell like a long, long story. And I'd love to get back in there with Moxley and tell a long, long story. Because all, essentially all those matches were just one-offs, you know, we can build type thing. But uh, I'd say like Kenny, you know, someone like that. 
Yeah, that'd be. I think that would be a, a really fun match as well. When you worked with Jericho, did, did was he get like? I feel like you know he has this wealth of knowledge. Do you feel that you left the match kind of learning something about uh, a wrestling or, or how to put together a story in the ring that you might have not necessarily thought about beforehand? Yeah, definitely. Um, just pacing and like you know, I feel like on the independents, uh, a lot of people wrestlers uh, feel like the moment they like hit something big. And then they stop, they get like all like nervous and they got to go right to the next thing. Mm-hmm. But here we, I've learned like, you know, hit something big and don't be afraid to just sit there for a minute and not do anything. It's no big deal. Like, stuff like that. I learned a lot of just pacing and that's good. That's cool. Uh, two final questions. Number one, if you could front any band right now, what band would you want to be the front man of? Dead or alive. It could be any band, dead or alive. <laughs> it does. They don't have to be an, uh, an existing band. All right. <laughs> yeah, all right. Uh, this is tricky. Well, it would it be easier if it's just alive to kind of <laughs> narrow it down for you? Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll go with live. Turbo Negro. All right, there we go. Uh, I like it. That's another excellent band. And finally, I guess it could be the same answer. Uh, as, we, as we part ways, what's one band that you think our listeners should Take a moment and, and give a listen to. Dystopia. Cool. I love it. Awesome. Darby, thank you so much for hanging out on Squared Circle Pit. I wish you success this weekend and throughout your career. All right. Thank you, mate. That was a great talk with Darby Allen. Seems like quite an enigma, a very Jeff Hardy-esque character, if you will. And I'm really, really looking forward to his match with Sammy Guevara at AEW Revolution. There should be a bunch of really good matches this weekend. In general, I feel like AEW pay-per-views have delivered. If I have one thing that could be considered a complaint, which it seems like a good thing, is like maybe sometimes the shows go a little too long, and by the end of it, I'm kind of... I already uh, experienced my my glucose high from the crappy food that I ordered to celebrate, and I'm kind of like ready for bed. So I kind of wish I still had the energy for the main events that I would for the earlier matches. But even still, those matches always deliver. So let's go through the card. I want to give some of my predictions. I should mention I recorded this the day after Dynamite, and I'm recording this as WWE's Super Showdown is going on. So I don't really have any insight on Super Showdown other than The Undertaker just showed up uh, to win a match with AJ Styles with just a simple chokeslam. But we'll, we'll talk about that in a minute. Let's go through the AEW Revolution card, and I want to give some of my predictions. All right, so first we have SoCal Uncensored, Frankie Kazarian, Scorpio Sky against the Dark Order, Evil Uno, and Stu Grayson. And uh, I would say, I assume what will happen here is the Dark Order will win. And I want to say the way it'll happen is maybe Christopher Daniels will try to help SCU get the win and something he does backfires uh, where it looks like maybe he did it on purpose. And then Dark Order wins. But I don't think Christopher Daniels is joining Dark Order. I think it's obviously a red herring. And they were doing a lot of red herrings. Or herring. Herring is a fish. <laughs> but I don't think so because it seems to me like Matt Hardy is the exalted one. And Matt Hardy's contract is up March 1st. So I don't think he's going to be on the pay-per-view because the pay-per-view is on February 29th. Unless this match happens after midnight Eastern time. Although they would be in Chicago. So he might... Have to wait. So I don't think he's he's showing up until next Wednesday at the earliest. Uh, but I do think they would make it seem uh, like there's more dissension with SCU and that they think it's Daniels and then Dark Order gets the win here. They should get the win. 
because they're the ones being built up here. And SCU can take the loss right now. They're kind of rebuilding them. And in general, they could take the loss because then they could do the match again as a three-way with Matt Hardy. Hopefully. I hope it's Matt Hardy. The rumor is that WDB apparently also offered Matt Hardy... Uh, a really nice contract to stay and some sort of option to work in NXT. Now, I don't know if that means like work backstage in NXT or be on the active roster in NXT, but if that were the case, I feel like Matt Hardy could be in the main event picture at NXT, but I feel like he would have more creative freedom going to AEW. And, you know, he's a family man working once a week. Seems like a solid deal for a guy Matt Hardy's age. Then we have a match that was just announced this week. Pac versus Orange Cassidy. Is it Pac? I guess it's Pack, Pack versus Orange Cassidy. And I'm looking forward to this match because both of these guys are great wrestlers. And Pack's particularly, I feel, has kind of uh, maybe been underutilized. He just had that incredible, incredible Iron Man match with Kenny Omega this week on AEW Dynamite. I recommend you go back and check it out if you're a fan of either of those guys because they really left it all out in the ring. They did some crazy moves in that match. Like, I never saw a top rope brain buster before. I've seen superplexes, but a brain buster from the top rope, that was nuts. And so I think this match will be a fun early in the show match. Of course, Orange Cassidy is going to do a shtick. Pac is going to no-sell it. But then I think Orange Cassidy is going to really take it up a notch and show that this guy can go in addition to being a great comedy wrestler. Ultimately, though, I think... Pack is clearly getting the win here just because he needs a win back after the uh, loss to Kenny Omega this on this past Dynamite. Although I will say I, I did appreciate how they did the loss to really protect Pack. He had Omega in his in his finisher, the Brutalizer. The only reason he let go was because of the bell ringing. You, you could assume that Omega had nowhere to escape. And if the time didn't run out, he wouldn't have escaped and would have passed out again like in their pay-per-view match. So it gives Pack a good out and a good reason to do another rematch with those two. And, and they have great chemistry, so I, I would very much look forward to that. Uh, then there's Nyla Rose versus Chris Statlander for the AEW Women's World Championship. I really like Nyla Rose as the champion. I think she has a lot of potential, and Chris Statlander does as well. I'm curious how this match will work because... I feel with Chris Statlander, uh, uh, honestly, I haven't been too excited about her actual in-ring wor work. And with Nyla Rose, from what I've seen, it's dependent on who she's in the ring with, if the match is like a great match or an okay match. I hope these two have a great match. I hope every match is great. And I just can't see Nyla losing so quickly, so I'm going to say that Nyla retains here. Then we have... Darby Allen versus Sammy Guevara. We talked about it with Darby. And uh, I think this is going to be an awesome match. Sammy Guevara is going to bring it. Darby is going to bring it. They both know what the stakes are here and how big of a deal this match is for both of them and, and how much they want to turn it out. Uh, I would say Darby should get the win here just because they've really, really invested a lot. And like he has a lot of momentum going into the show. So I think maybe Darby should get the win here. Then we have Jake Hager versus Dustin Rhodes. Honestly, I can't say I'm excited about this match. Can't say I'm like hating this match. It just does nothing for me. I assume Hager is going to win since he is undefeated in MMA and this is his first match in AEW and they're building him up as Big Hurt. There it is. So, I think Big Hurt is going to get the win for that one. Then we have Kenny Omega and Adam Page versus the Young Bucks for the AEW World Tag Team titles. I think this is the match I'm actually most looking forward to with the work rate involved because these four guys, they know each other, they love each other. They're going to go out there and kill it for half an hour. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be great. And I almost wish 
Kenny Omega and Adam Page retain the titles because they've been such a great tag team. But it seems for this storyline that they're doing, for it to go forward, they have to lose and Adam has to either blame Kenny or blame the Young Bucks or just, you know, he he basically has to split away from them. And, and what a moment Adam Page is having here, much like Darby Allen, but in a different sense. But like, I feel he's really coming into his own. He's really getting this grassroots support. And it's interesting here, like, who are the heel? Uh, everyone has a point here, you know, like everyone who, who's talking, everyone has a point of view here that makes sense. The Young Bucks are saying that Adam Page is out of control. He's drinking too much. Adam Page is saying that these titles mean a lot to him. It's his first championship and the Young Bucks want to take it away from him. And Kenny Omega is just trying to make sure everybody gets along. So I think the Young Bucks win. I could see the Young Bucks going heel, although I don't think they should be heels in the company, but... I could see like nobody really going heel and them just continuing to have dissension. But it seems like the Young Bucks are going to walk out of this show as the new tag team champions. Although I would not be mad if they did. I would love for Kenny Omega and Adam Page to continue to kick ass in the tag team division. But I can also see the booking for Kenny Omega to need to move into the singles division. Then we have the match that I feel like they've done the best job building up, which is MJF versus Cody. MJF will have Wardlow in his corner, and Cody will have Double A Arn Anderson in his corner. And Downstate, the band that performs Cody's entrance theme, will apparently also be uh, performing it live at the show. And I feel like the way you would assume the booking would go is Cody would win because he needs to get his revenge, and and this is the big blow off. But I mean, MJF is the guy they've invested in as a future star, and if you're looking to book to the future, I say MJF. Maxwell Jacob Friedman has to win this one. Cody, again, he could take the loss. He won't really be affected by it. It's not like he'd be pushed down the card. Whereas MJF, if he got a victory off Cody, whether it be with cheating or a clean victory or whatever it is, uh, that's bragging rights for him for the next year. You know, that'll then he's like in that upper mid card immediately. So I definitely think MJF is going to win this one. And then finally, the main event, we have Chris Jericho versus John Moxley. I'm curious about this match. I was uh, at the Prudential Center a few years ago when they had that big cage match with all the weapons, and that was really fun. These guys know how to work. They know how to work with each other. I'm sure it'll be a good match. I could see John Moxley winning, but I still feel it's too early for Chris Jericho to lose. I can't imagine Chris Jericho in AEW right now without the world champion, without being Le Champion. So I say he still retains... It's still too early. He could still be the champion for at least another six months. So Chris Jericho retains, moves on uh, uh, to double or nothing. And, and who's his challenger there? That, that'll be interesting for me. And one thing I'm very excited about coming out of the show is kind of the storyline resets or the storyline progressions. Uh, because it's been so long since their last pay-per-view, since full gear, that it, it kind of felt like we we're in this kind of holding pattern with the storyline. So I'm, I'm looking forward to things starting to change up after this. So it'll be curious to see. Overall, I think it's going to be an awesome show. I cannot wait to watch it this weekend. And uh, I cannot wait to see what they have in store for us. On the WWE front, we have WrestleMania coming up. So things should be getting interesting there, I heard today. And again, I'm, I'm recording this during Super Showdown. So while I'm sure there's a ton of stuff that's going to happen at the showdown that'll help explain what goes on at WrestleMania, what I heard was that it's apparently going to be Goldberg versus Roman Reigns as one of the main events which I think should be cool, Spear versus Spear. And then Bray Wyatt versus John Cena. 
uh, for the universal title as the, or I don't know which one is for the universal title. I guess it'll depend on who wins with Goldberg and Bray Wyatt today. But I think it would make more sense. I feel like it's too soon to have Bray Wyatt lose. He's this unstoppable monster. Let him continue to be unstoppable. But at the same time, I can understand WWE wanting Roman Reigns to be the champion, as they've wanted for many years. So I could see them giving the title to Goldberg tonight, and then Goldberg losing it to Roman Reigns at WrestleMania, the way Goldberg did actually a few years ago, beating Kevin Owens and then just basically handing the title over to Brock. And it was actually a great match, that WrestleMania match. And then some of the other matches at WrestleMania, you know, I feel like WrestleMania is kind of shaping up to be a, an all right card. I'm curious what happens with the women. Uh, Becky and Shayna Baszler should have a really fun match. I think Rhea Ripley and Charlotte Flair are going to kill it. And I was hoping that it would be Becky versus Naomi, with Naomi having her big crowning moment at WrestleMania, but it does not seem like they're going that way. It seems like they're kind of angling for Lacey to get the WrestleMania match, which I think kind of is lame because I feel like Naomi is such a more fun character. We'll see what happens with some of the other guys. Like on Raw, they're pushing guys like Ricochet, and Alistair Black and Eric Rowan, and I hope they have programs, especially Ricochet, because I feel he's, even though he's in the world title match tonight at Super Showdown, you know, there's no way he's winning that match against Brock, and I feel like he needs to be showcased better, and I hope he has a nice moment at WrestleMania. And I think that basically covers all the uh, wrestling stuff I wanted to talk about. I guess I'll mention New Japan really quickly. I'm, I'm very bummed because... March in New Japan is a very fun time. It's actually a great time to get into New Japan because they have their annual New Japan Cup. It's a 32-man tournament to determine the number one contender for the world championship. Now, the thing about New Japan is singles matches are very precious in New Japan. They don't just do singles matches. So for there to be 16 singles matches in a month and then also the quarterfinals, semifinals, and finals... Like, that would be a ton of awesome matches. But, unfortunately, because of the coronavirus outbreak and the uh, recommendations from the uh, health advisories there in Japan, they had to cancel two weeks of shows. So the first half of the New Japan Cup has been canceled, essentially. Like, eight shows or ten shows, something like that, had to be canceled. And there's only four shows on the schedule now. I'm hoping, I don't know what they're going to do. They could either have marathon shows where they have, like, you know those blocks of matches uh, within a few days or add a few shows at the latter half of the month. Or even those shows might end up being canceled if the coronavirus outbreak gets even worse. Uh, it's, it's a pretty weird uh, time to be in, in that area, I think. And uh, it, it's kind of a bummer for wrestling fans, but obviously the health of the people is more important. But hopefully that'll all be resolved and we can get some New Japan back in the air because it is... Some of the best wrestling in the world. Overall, great time to be a wrestling fan. Great time to be a rock fan, too. There's so many tours coming around this year. Things are on the up and up. 2020 is doing well. I hope you're going to be doing well as well. <laughs> That's going to do it for me here on this edition of Squared Circle Pit. As always, I love to hear what you think of the show, who you'd like to hear on the show, any sort of feedback you have. You can, of course, email me at rob at metalinjection.net. Uh, you can follow us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter, Squared Circle Pit. No E in circle. And then we will talk to you another time.